What's up, everybody? It's Jeffrey Lyles. You're rocking with Lyles Movie Files. I'm back with Jay King. We're going to finish up our WrestleMania 35 review. Jay King, what's up with you, man? Not much, man. Taking in the NBA playoffs and, you know, the rest of the sports landscape, man. Ready to rock and roll. Get this thing over with, man. We're long overdue. We're almost a week past. We are a week past WrestleMania, are we? Oh, man. It's exactly seven days, so we got to get it oh, out quick. got to get it in. Yeah, because, you know, everyone will forget everything that happened, you know, by next week. Anyway, so let's jump right into it. We left off with Daniel Bryan losing the WWE Championship to Kofi Kingston in the great WrestleMania 35 moment. For me, this is when the show could have ended and it would have been one of my favorite WrestleManias. But we still had another 18 hours of WrestleMania to go, <laughs> or at least it felt that long. The first match after Bryan Kingston was Samoa Joe defending his U.S. championship against Rey Mysterio. This was, Ray has always done outstanding costumes for WrestleMania. He's uh, gone as the Flash one time. He rocked this really cool Avatar look. This time he went with the most appropriate Ray Mysterio comic book costume ever. He was going as Mysterio from Spider-Man. And as we all know, Spider-Man Far From Home is going to prominently feature Mysterio. So I loved his outfit. And honestly, that was the best part of this match because it was done in a minute. Ray was dealing with a bum knee and there was some confusion, concern that he may not actually be able to uh, actually wrestle. So it was no surprise that this match was quick, but it did make Samoa Joe look like a beast. Yeah, it, it did, unfortunately. Samoa Joe... Watching him, yeah, you're, he's strong, but you're talking about a guy who just, dude, he, he didn't give me anything. Like, I, I didn't see anything there that made me um, feel like, okay, yeah, this is a great match. Or, or, or even during the walkout or the introduction of the match, you know how you get psyched up. He's like, okay, mm-hmm. these two guys may give us a good match. I honestly felt like this was going to be Rey Mysterio doing backflips around this guy. Yeah. Now, Samoa, yeah. Samoa, Samoa Joe is a bad dude. Like a lot of these guys who come up after wrestling all over, uh, he's a little bit past his prime, a little worn down. Now he's in the WWE and kind of getting, you know, getting that big payday. It's kind of like those those pro players where they're great for their first four or five years, and then they come in as a rookie. And it's, I mean, I'm sorry. Then they come in on their last contract when they're saying hello to 30 and like let me cash in one more time here before i i go retire so basically that's where joe is he had a really good run in nxt and when you start going through those old takeovers you're going to see him have some really great matches so that's a a teaser what you can look forward to there okay next up we had drew mcintyre facing roman reigns and this is this is one of those slap together kind of grudge matches. They weren't sure that Reigns was going to be back in time after uh, his latest bout with leukemia. He returned um, to wrestle, I guess, in the previous pay-per-view. And now this is his first solo match in a big prominent stage going against Drew McIntyre, who they're pushing as the next big villain, big heel, uh, I, I would be shocked if uh, we're not talking about him being a champ or being the champ by the time WrestleMania 36 rolls around. Mm-hmm. Um, and this one was kind of there. Reigns, they still don't know what they're really doing with him. Because before he left, it was everybody was booing. Everybody was 
And like it was, they were maybe like 70-30 split, booing, yeah. cheering them. And nobody, even like the lowliest wrestling fan, is going to boo a guy who just came back from leukemia. Right. So it's this weird dynamic where they were they couldn't do their normal range stick and McIntyre can't beat the guy who just came back from leukemia on well they had they had built up a really quick one where uh McIntyre had gone through the shield Dean Ambrose, Seth Rollins, beat them down a few times. He laid out reins. But it was a really cheap kind of thing where it's like, you know, Ambrose is leaving the WWE. Right. Rollins can only look so bad because he's, you know, going against Brock Lesnar for the title. Right. And so it wasn't this thing where Reigns was like, I'm getting revenge from my brothers. So it lacked that kind of intensity that you would have if say McIntyre put Ambrose on the shelf and laid Rollins out for a couple of weeks. And Reigns is like the last man standing. It right. was just, it was a weird dynamic because of the way the timing, this all came together. I think Re- McIntyre could have pummeled somebody else and Reigns could have come out to a triumphant, Hey, I'm going to this guy down because you know, I've been away for a while. I don't think they really needed to make this a WrestleMania match. I think this could have headlined another pay-per-view down the road. Well, you know what, Jeff? They tried to give this as much back. The 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 guys doing the announcing really tried to give this as much backstory to make you feel like or, or manufacture some sort of story, the, a story and intensity of this is why you should be pro Roman anti uh, 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 McIntyre. McIntyre for the right. uh, match. But it just it's not you. You didn't feel like this came from somewhere where it's belie- <laughs> believable, but. Um, you didn't feel like this was a rivalry or a match that was brewing up to be on this stage. This could have been something for a house show. I thought the better angle would have been this. Had uh, McIntyre interfered with um, the Rollins match against Lesnar, right? Right. And he would have came out there after he wins or what have you. He beats Lesnar. He comes out there and beats him down just to be a jerk because we know that, that that's a recurring thing with him and the Shield. And then Reigns comes out to defend his brother. Mm-hmm. You know, and then the crowd, you, you kind of get the crowd like, yeah, it's Roman Reigns, even though yeah, we kind of yeah. don't like him, but now we really like him. You know, Exactly. Just, yeah, just tugging on the heartstrings a little bit. They could have gave us a little, a little showmanship there, a little show there, but... I, yeah, this was just one of those matches where it was like, all right, we could have had this on Raw. Yeah, man, it felt like a Raw match, and that's that's always the thing. And, you know, with the three-hour Raw, the trouble with them doing these epic 20, 25-minute matches on Raw, it's hard to take it to the next level when they have a big show like WrestleMania. It's like, uh, all right, I, I've seen this match eight times already in the last mm-hmm. three months on Raw. So mm-hmm. this is another one just kind of there. The next part, though, was one of my highlights after the Kofi match. Elias comes out, and he's doing his WrestleMania concert, and he's got the guitar going. And with Hunky Tunk Man being inducted into the Hall of Fame, I think a lot of people were anticipating Hunky Tunk Man coming out, smashing him with the guitar, and that would have been cool. And then, you know, that would have worked. But yeah, it would have. They they uh did this long kind of Babe Ruth video and it's like where is this going? And I'm like I'm wondering. I think they have some new baseball. They're gonna have Abe Knuckleball Schwartz come out and be like, hey, I'm here. But it was actually John Cena and he was rocking his Doctor of Thugonomics gimmick. Ugh. And this is man, this is 
Cena's Thugonomics gimmick is the one, the one gimmick that the fans will not boo. They're kind of 60-40 split with him, but the Thugonomics is, I think what would happen, the fans recognized that when he became the man, when he became the champ of champs, even though they had the brand split in two champs, he was always the prominent guy. And they had to start tweaking him and, and losing the cool edge that he had when they started cheering for him in the first place. Right. Much the same that they did with Diesel. And with Cena, it was like, dude, he everyone loved that whole rap thing. And y'all are wasting it, stripping that away, making him this squeaky clean guy who comes out and, you know, just does a salute and has some different jorts. But I always <laughs> love the economic thing. I, I love that. I mean, it's like, he could actually do this thing. And he killed Elias with some of these raps and came back and hit him with the F U and Elias looks like a clown. And most of the time I'm, I'm not down with the old, you know, kind of legend guys coming and making the new guys look like idiots. But with Cena and with Elias, I, I was perfectly fine with this. What did you think? Oh, same, same. I, you know, I was thinking the same things you were saying about Cena. His first introduction, I was like, he's basically a giant white 50 cent in WWE. And I loved it. <laughs> he just came out there. He was stunned out, man. He was like a giant. He was like Mark Wahlberg as the Hulk, but better. Right, you know? right, right. Exactly. Much um, better. <laughs> yeah, much better. Um, and then they made him like, eat your greens, drink your milk, kids, yeah, stay away yeah, from drugs. Yeah. And... It just—I was like, "What are we going with this?" And you see now, you like—I get it. I feel like um, I feel like these are the last days of Cena in the WWE oh, because yeah. Hollywood's always calling him. You know, he's gonna be back here and there like The Rock, I think. But as far as him being full time, I think this is like the last of, and this is what you can basically expect to see. Maybe he comes out there and does stuff like this for the, you know, um, in the future. Mm-hmm. But I would have rather seen him in a match than about three of the matches that we had <laughs> inside of WrestleMania. Seriously. You know what's crazy? Cena was there, I think Cena's first world title was in 2005. And in 14 years, they've done such a piss poor job of building the next generation of guys that you're still like, I'd much rather see Cena in a WrestleMania match today than some of these cats. And they've had chances. They have people on the roster that should be positioned as that kind of superstar, but they keep cutting them off the knees. And, you know, the jury's out if they're going to do that with Kofi's reign. Um, But AJ Styles had a nice reign. They didn't really give him the best feuds to work with, but he had a nice reign. I'm not so sure if Roman is the guy, and I think for so long they had that tunnel vision, Roman or bust, that it was to the detriment of other guys who could have done that role better. But you we'll know, see. I, I always felt like this about Roman Reigns, right? He was, it's never been enough there to root or boo against, to, to root for or boo against. There's never been enough there. I, I, I think he got better on the mic. But in the beginning, it was brutal. It was it was really painful to listen to him. Like, whereas you got a guy like CM Punk, who's totally out of wrestling right now. You got guys who are being pushed that 
it's one thing to be big. It's one thing to be handsome. It's one thing to be strong. It, 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 the, 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 what we want to see, I think what, what really makes the heels, what really makes any great heel, any great face is a guy who can sell his character, a guy who has mic skills, a guy that can either, he can elicit a reaction from the crowd is what I'm trying to say, basically. Their he, problem, they don't understand how to make characters yeah. anymore so yeah. go, guy like kofi who's just been there for so long the fans are like oh yeah kofi's been there forever he deserves this title shot and they can grasp onto that story but so many of these guys like back in the day we'd watch it what's the macho man's character oh he's a lunatic he's a who's lunatic. always on edge who sounds like he's had way too much caffeine <laughs> he treats elizabeth bad and he's a jerk or when he was a good guy he's got too much caffeine and he's just trying to do the right thing now. And yeah. it was really simple to summarize what his character was. Right. What's Brutus Barber the Beef? What is Brutus the Barber Beefcake's gimmick? Well, he goes around and he does a little wrestling and then he cuts people's hair on the side. Yeah. Solid. What's Andre the been, Giant? He's a giant. He's a he's giant. The <laughs> dude in wrestling. He's the and, biggest thing out here. And you can't do that with Roman Reigns. And, and it's funny because they go out of their way to come up with 35 different nicknames for these guys, hoping yeah. something, something sticks. sticks. And it's like, he's the big dog. And like Seth Rollins is probably the, the biggest offender on that end. He's the architect. The architect of what? Of what? He, what like, of is what? he the architect of? <laughs> That's what he's he, the Kingslayer, the Beast Slayer. Dude, oh, come on. Who figure you, out who, one. I mean, just but, one. Right. Who, okay, who did he slay? Oh, he's the architect of what? Where are you yeah. going with this? And why do we keep having to do this? You know why? It's because none of none of these guys, to me, or, or at least one none of these guys that we just named, have the personality to carry a title reign, or you can build your shows around them. The 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 great thing about the, the the WWF era, the 80s era, even into the 90s, you had personalities that you could build entire three, four, five, six month uh, 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 storylines around because their personalities were so big and they commanded your attention. And you could see like, okay, uh, let's see, Adrian Adonis is going to fight Junkyard Dog. Oh, okay, mm -hmm. I can see exactly how this is going to play out. Adrian splashes some perfume on JYD, he's mad, and then he's going to, you know, grab them cakes. I mean, it's just, he's going to come out there, he's going to do his little dance, he's going to throw that chain around, mm -hmm. and he's going to beat up Jimmy Hart, because Jimmy Hart's mm -hmm. a little... And it's just you see how it goes together with these guys. It's like, all right, they're going to do some great matches. It's going to look really athletic, but I don't know what their character is going to make me invest in the match. Yeah. If you watch these matches, the, the, most of the time the fans are just sitting waiting for the flurry of finishes before they get excited and start chanting, this is awesome. Yeah. And I'm always like, what are you talking about? You've been quiet this entire match. Now it's awesome because they yeah, start doing awesome. the matches and kicking mm -hmm. out of stuff. Anyway, that's my old man gripe on the current day product. But then we got a next that was a battle of legends. Triple H puts his career on the line in a no holds barred match against Batista. Batista is the heel in this match. And I always think it's so funny every time we come to WrestleMania because Triple H, he's he's so great with NXT. But man, he is 
nose blind, colorblind, tone deaf to everything going on because he insists on putting on these epic marathon slow motion matches Ugh. at WrestleMania. And his series against The Undertaker was brutal. Ugh. This match against Batista had a bit more flash, but man, it's like Batista, he's Drax now. He, he's not the animal. He's He's sitting up there hanging in with the Guardians, getting beat down by Thanos. And he he looks tough, but man, <laughs> you, I mean, Dave was old when he started in wrestling. Yeah. And it's not like, yeah. oh man, he, he looks terrible. It's just, he has no incentive to go out there like he did in 2005 and just go hog wild on it. I mean, he's got to take care of himself because, I mean, hey, I got another movie coming out. I can't yeah. be, I can't deal with a torn ACL because I decided to fight Triple H at WrestleMania. Exactly. And, and this was really slow. And I felt like the end came where, you know, Shawn Michaels is doing commentary and uh, Ric Flair came out with a sledgehammer because the whole feud started because Batista beat up Ric Flair on his 70th birthday uh, party. So, you know, for me, I'm kind of like, you know, thinking if Batista loses, what happens? Nothing, because he's just going to go back to Hollywood. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm like, yeah, because he, he showed up like two months before WrestleMania. Hey, I'm back. I'm like, I'm with you. And, you know, dude, you know two months dude. after, no one's going to remember Batista came back to lose to Triple H, who doesn't wrestle all the time anyway. So it's not like some, oh, man, Triple H really survived that war with Batista. He's going to go back to putting on a suit, and that's Mm -hmm. it. To me, I'm thinking the cooler thing would have been Triple H gets hit with a sledgehammer by Flair, who cost him the match. And then you got a little story because then Triple H, he's retired. He can't compete anymore. So then he starts trying to screw over Flair's daughter, Charlotte, and you can build so much more with that because Charlotte is in fighting against the authority or whatever way you want to do it. I know they've oh, done that. Austin, you something that makes sense. You know, just something that keeps going forward. That, that's my whole thing. I don't need Triple H patting himself on the back. Yes, I've, I'm three and one now against Batista in big money matches. I mean, or one in three against Batista. I mean, he's been losing and he lost to make Batista look like a star. So that's credit to him. But you don't need to get the, the win back for no reason. And then Batista announced, like, right after the match, you know, on social media, I retired from wrestling. Yeah, dude, it's yeah. because you've got Avengers paychecks coming your way for the next 10, 15 years. Right, okay. And in other news. We kind of figured as much. Exactly. <laughs> Come on, man. So what do you Jeff, think about that one? Jeff, that match was like, okay, imagine going to your favorite steakhouse and you're going to get the 42-ounce, like, cowboy cut, T-bone in, whatever this is, right? Whatever your prime cut is. The loaded potato, all the above, and it tastes like nothing. <laughs> and no matter how much of it you eat, you can't get filled. You're, you're, you're not filled up. You, right. you never, you're, you're not satisfied. That's what that match was like. It went on forever. Yeah, dude. Uh, it, it was nothing. It, was, it, it felt like all the, all the trimmings were there, should have been there. But at the same time, once you got five minutes into this match, you were like, okay, what is this even for? Batista, after this is done, it's not like he's going to be on Raw or SmackDown this week. <laughs> it, it's not like he's going to wrestle Triple H or 
he's going to come back and interfere with Triple H's match on Thursday night. No, this is not going to happen. This is it. Exactly. Triple H goes back to wearing a suit and becomes Vince Jr. again, and Batista's back to the, to the set in Hollywood. So there was nothing that really set up. <clears throat> there's nothing that was set up for this match to make you invested in it, and there's nothing after this match occurs that makes you say, I can't wait for another round of it. Because if you get another <laughs> round of this, you're like, eh, I don't care. Why are we doing this again? So this was something else. This was just another wasted opportunity. That match to me was another wasted 15 minutes. That was something. We could have got something else in that 15, 20. And that is a problem when you've already gone like four hours at this oh, point. Oh, yeah. Oh, like, yeah. come on, man. Where's that? Where's that fast forward button? <laughs> Speaking of fast forward, we have Baron Corbin facing Kurt Angle, and this is Kurt Angle's final match. Um, and Angle, he wrestled longer in TNA than he did in WWE, and he put his body through so much. And watching this last stretch of Angle matches, it's kind of been sad. It's like that old player who thinks he still got it and at the club striking out, and. But Angle managed to put together one decent final match. Corbin was a guy no one wanted to see him fight. It was like, come on, Baron Corbin. <laughs> I mean, he's he's like a loser. He's a guy they built up really hard in NXT, and he looked good. And he came to the main roster and looked like a clown. And, I mean, it was like, who cares that a broken down Kurt Angle's losing to Baron Corbin? And Angle says thanks to the fans and calls it a night. What did you think about this one? I thought, you know, I think Baron Corbin has one shirt in his entire wardrobe. <laughs> it's that goofy black shirt that he wears. <laughs> I just can't stop making fun of this guy, you know. Um, <clears throat> this match, it was it's fitting that, you know, this week Dirk Nowitzki retired as well. Um, because I was I kept making the comparison, right? Like you said, watching Angle, given all he's been through his career, man, I, he's been one of my favorite heels of the last 20 years. Mm-hmm. Of the last 20 years, he's easily been one of my favorite heels. Um, he got it to me. He just got what being a heel was. They tried to make him a face that didn't work. He was a better heel than he could have ever been a, be- a face, right? Mm-hmm. And he just understood it. He got it. Um, Watching him in this match is like watching Dirk Nowitzki the last season, you know, this past season. He just doesn't have it anymore, but he has those glimpses where I can turn back the clock, but not so far. <laughs> but not so far, you know. I'm not going to go for 20, but I'll go for 12. <laughs> um, that, that was like that was like Angle in this match, you know. He, he did enough. He did a, what he could, and that's commendable. This guy's 51 years old, man, still putting it all on the line out there, and He's given his everything that he's been through, the addiction, the pain, uh, 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 what he's done with his, his to his body, the pain that he still suffers from that man, and him, for him to come out there and still be a gamer. And like we said, it's it's not the same. And, and visually, yeah, it's just not the same. But man, he he still try, he still gave you everything he had, and I, I love that. I love that about his performance in the match. But overall, this was one of those. We could have sent Kurt out better, I think. I think we could have sent Kurt out better, but he still got to wrestle at WrestleMania. So all in all, it's mixed feelings. But if I had, if I would watch it again just because it's Kurt Angle. Yeah. Yep. All right. Then we get one more match before the main event, 
And I know at this point, most people are tapping out like, oh, my gosh, come on, Artie, in the show. <laughs> Bobby Lashley defends his Intercontinental Championship against Finn Balor. And Finn Balor, his, uh, he's rocked this Finn Balor look for a long time. And he has decided against going with his demon gimmick for the like a year, or at least a year. I mean, it's been so long. And the, and the whole buildup is when Finn becomes the demon, he never loses. And, you know, there was this weird thing where he went against Brock Lesnar for the Universal title. as Finn Balor. And everybody's like, why is he not the demon? You're undefeated as a demon. Why wouldn't you fight Brock Lesnar then? And I'm like, dude. And that match was good. It wasn't, man, 20 minutes. But it was really good for the time it had. And I'm thinking, okay, easy money. WrestleMania rematch. Finn Balor, Demon versus The Beast. And I'm like, why is he fighting against Bobby Lashley? And also, why is he using the Demon now? Anyway, this match was what it was. It was fine. It didn't take too long. It didn't overstay its welcome. And as expected, Finn Balor, as the Demon, hit the coup de grace to get the title back for a second time. And... Yeah, I mean, it's fine for what it was, but it's like, eh, okay. I knew the result, and it didn't surprise me. What did you think? Same. You knew you knew this was coming because the demon came. You know, you knew it was coming. It's like, all right, whatever. Right, can we can we hit the fast-forward button? Can we hit the skip button and get to the next match? I, this was not the match that was the appetizer for the main event. This is the match you have in hour one. I think the better, because there's no big momentum to go into the main event. You got to get folks hyped, and, and the crowd didn't respond to this match. I don't think Mm-mm. this was these these last three matches before the main event should have been to start the show. Going into that main event, we should have had the Kofi Kingston match. We should have had the world to that's how that should have gone. That shouldn't be the intermission or the, the middle of the act. That should have been right before. Build your momentum to this, to the main event. Hype this thing up. You don't give us a high, then give us a low, then a low, then a low, a high, not so much of a high, but you know, you take the tempo back up just to, just enough, then you put it back in the cellar, and then now we gotta get pumped for the main event. That's not how it works. It's like they really wasted I feel like a lot of these matches were filler. It could have been a tighter program. Um, but this match definitely, even though it, it had its moments of excitement, they should have moved that. That should have been a first hour front, front of the show match, not build up or the appetizer to the main event. Yeah, man. So really interesting on that. Now we've come to the end of the show. Main event time. Ronda Rousey defending her Raw Women's Championship against Charlotte Flair defending her SmackDown World Championship against Becky Lynch, who is bringing nothing, but (laughs) who's there. And this was a three-way match, and this was what everyone was really excited about until the McMahon started mucking it up and trying to make all these ridiculous hoops. Hey, Becky, you've got to apologize, and then you can get in this match. Oh, Rhonda, you don't want your title anymore. Well, you can take it back. And, oh, Charlotte, yeah, you can get tossed in the match because we cannot have a historic first-time-ever women's anything without having Charlotte involved. And 
Charlotte got the boss gangster entrance coming in on a helicopter, even though she changed outfits seemingly from the helicopter outside the stadium to when she got in there. And uh, yeah, Rhonda had Joan Jett doing bad reputation. And Becky came out like, hey, I'm happy to be here. And this is a weird match because it was, you know, this was the end of an eight hour marathon. And the fans really wanted to be in it, but they were exhausted. And it seemed like there was a little nerves on the part of Rhonda and Becky. Some moves looked a little, eh. And I don't know, it just didn't have that same drama that the match needed. And it was weird because the whole buildup to this WrestleMania was, this is the first ever women's main event match in WrestleMania history. But... They were really they they did them such a disservice by throwing everything out there. So by the time it came to the main event, no one was excited, and everybody was just like, "Can we just get to the part where Becky wins?" And the finish was, you know, it was done in a way to set up a a rematch. So the ref was not paying attention at all because Ronda's shoulders were not down for that three count, and I don't know how a ref is supposed to pay attention to shoulders and not see her shoulders up so far but anyway he did he missed it and becky got a very controversial win and it was just odd thing where it's like yay go becky but it didn't feel anything like the moment that kofi had and i feel like that was because wrestlemania's main event is pool and status only but you need to be in that sweet spot in the middle of the show where the people are excited, like at the two hour mark where they're still like, I'm very happy to be here and not, can I leave please? And <laughs> the really odd and, and terrible thing was because the show ran so late, um, people were missing the subway because it shut down and there was so much crowd that people had to figure out their own way to their hotels because the, the rail system was done. So it was a huge mess. But what did you think about this main event? <clears throat> it was underwhelming. The build up, the hype, the history, all of that, it, 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 you know, it, it just could not, I, I felt like the match could not live up to all of the expectations and all the hype. And it's not because of anything other than the participants in the match. I, I, they are better wrestlers. They are better female wrestlers in Ring of Honor to me. Really? Who would that be? I can't think of the two, uh, the the Asian tag team, the one girl with the giant butt. I can't think of her name. (laughs) But they 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 fly all over the ring. The other young lady that did some time in New Japan, um, Anastasia. I can't think Anastasia Anna something. I can't think of her name. They they go all out. They go hard. and I'm not saying that, that Ronda and, and, and the ladies of WWE don't, but I think there are about five wrestlers between New Japan and Ring of Honor that should be in the WWE that would have put on a better match than what we saw for that main event. And I think there are better wrestlers, uh, lady wrestlers in the WWE that would have put on a better match than that main event. I really do. Um it just it, it couldn't live up to all the hype. It's what we had heard about all week long, all night long. And like you said, 
like we've been talking about through the theme of this podcast, this, there was too much. This WrestleMania was too, it, it really was WrestleMania. We're going to jam as much wrestling into this as we can. But they really should have streamlined this show and build the momentum, make it exciting. They, to, to summarize, I felt not just with this match, but for the, the whole WrestleMania, it had a lot, it had high points and it had low points and it had just dead air. They got to figure out how to cut the dead air, build these stories to build these matches at WrestleMania so that they mean something. You don't need meaningless matches at WrestleMania because they're a waste of time. And you won't have a five-hour event where only two hours of this event is, worth, is, is actually worth the price of admission. Had this been a two-and-a-half-hour show and the action was nonstop, the skits that were supposed to be funny and adoring or what have you hit the mark? Uh, because even the skits were bad. Yeah, the man. skits were kind of bad. Yeah. So it, it's like they got to come up with – they got to make this a tighter ship. Or they got to make this thing flow better next year, learn some lessons from this year's WrestleMania, albeit that was a historic match and, 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 and what that means, not just – for the WWE before. This means something for women's athletics, I think, not just from the wrestling standpoint, but um, I, it was funny. I was kind of, I was, I was kind of, equ- not equating, but trying to make some parallels to the WNBA with that match because I would love to see the WNBA take more of a, we're not just here. Like I don't want them to just be there because the, 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 to me the quality of basketball is just as great as you see anywhere else, anywhere else, right? Mm-hmm. I would love to see what the W, what what the what the WWE did for the promotion of that match. I would love to see that same kind of approach taken with the WNBA when they promote themselves because they really. To hear guys like Shawn Michaels, to hear guys like uh, David Otunga really talk about what that match meant for them, not just as a legend and a wrestler and, and, res- and wrestlers themselves, to hear what that match meant to them as, as men who've been around the business and men that know a lot of the women who've, who've given all they've had and put their blood, sweat, and tears into the match, into the matches that they've had in their entire careers, that means a lot. It's like they're not just here, man. They are part of this. They 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 help this thing run too. And I think that's something that every women's league, whether it's the WNBA, uh, 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 the LFL, no matter no matter what, these women are playing their hearts out too. I think that's something that's a great takeaway from it, from the main event, and from what the WD, uh, WWE did for the main event. But overall, it just didn't strike with the same punch. And that's because I think in that last hour and a half, the show kind of lost its momentum. Mm-hmm. It, has, yeah, it just lost its momentum, so you weren't really hyped for it. And when it got to that last match, you were like, this is not as good as I, I wanted it to be. Right. <clears throat> and I think that's the huge problem. So that's WrestleMania 35, man. We we finally reached it. I mean, it's, it was so long, we needed a whole week to break it down. <laughs> that we did. We probably yeah. could have used another 15 minutes. <laughs> exactly. So now... I want you to continue to do my thing, man, and go back and check out some of these NXT takeovers. And when you're ready, we can start talking about some of them because I want to hear your thoughts as a first-time viewer going through NXT. Oh, that's on the agenda. Um, I've been watching way more Ring of Honor in in, in New Japan, but I'm also excited for uh, 
what is it, AEW or A? What yes, sir, AEW. AEW. I'm excited to see what they do because I've always said this. <clears throat> the competition between during our day, at least my day, WWF, WCW, even before WCW, AWA, NWA, the competition is what drove the success to me. It what It's what drove the excitement because for what it's worth, you had two factions to watch every week and they were doing their all to give you the best programs. They really were. The competition drove each other and it drove for better matches, bigger personalities. They just had, a, it was constant up. It was a constant game of one upmanship that I don't think that w, the WWE does obviously doesn't have, but they've been trying to manufacture it between their two programs. It's like, <laughs> exactly. when you, yeah, it's like, you can't, you can't do it. You still, it's like, you're still McDonald's. It's like if McDonald's said, <laughs> okay, we got McDonald's too. <laughs> McDonald's red and McDonald's blue. Um, yeah, it's like, okay, I don't care. Yeah, still I still see the golden yeah, exactly. I still see McDonald's. So I'm hoping that's what happens here, man. Um, because even though New Japan and Ring of Honor are going to have their big pay-per-view at the Garden, which is huge for the both, it, it's still not enough to challenge WWE. It's still not enough. Not I want to see it. Yeah, not yet. I think there's a storm brewing if AEW works and if they can find a way to buy out or incorporate all of these these smaller promotions and, uh, and build their own conglomerate and say, WWE, we coming for you. What are you going to do? That's going to be the next era. That's going to be the next. We're going to see the next great stables. We're going to see the next great personalities. We're going to see people who I think long should have had a hand in shaping how re- professional wrestling uh, 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 looks shaping how professional wrestling is done. I think these people are going to have their moment to shine because, for what it's worth, they're the ones with the better. They're the ones with the ideas. We need new and fresh ideas. And I think we're on the cusp of that happening. If this, if this is all successful, if that right be, yeah, <laughs> I'm hoping so. It would be great. We'll see though. Yeah, you know, sir. Time. All right, man. Well, listen, we we'll back regular time on Wednesday. Uh, who knows when I suppose to be back. Well, you know, we're going to talk about, uh, you know, Game of Thrones, no doubt. Um, that's kicks off tonight. We're recording Sunday. I haven't heard. And, I haven't yeah, heard. <laughs> yeah. And I'm about to reach my breaking point with my impatience for Avengers Endgame because, <laughs> yeah, we're, we're really close now. And I am, um, yeah, can't wait. Slow walk. Man, I, I can't. I'm just, I'm trying to run and it's just not getting here any faster. But yeah. Those are the two things for sure. And we got another three best, three worst. Probably Steven Spielberg, because I forgot to do that last time. Uh, but yeah, man. Steven Seagal. No. Gosh. <laughs> I don't know if I can find three best. Yeah, you're not going to find three best. This is going to yeah. be the worst and then the sub worst. Six worst. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's going to be three worst and three even worse. That's what right. we do. All right, man. Let's get on out of here. Let's do this thing. We got to get ready for Game of Thrones. But thank you for joining me, my man. Always, always. Thank y'all out there for listening. This episode allows movie files has been filed.